Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm just now learning that the film that we're talking about this week actually had two alternate titles, one of which can be featured on the poster on the Rotten Tomatoes page for this film. Uh, Shrek Goes Forth and Shrek the Final Chapter. Just call it Shrek 4. Call it Shrek 4. Also, the original book is Shrek! Exclamation (laughs) Point. I'm Ian, I'm Alex. And I'm Britton, and yes, I, in looking at the two different versions they offered on Amazon, one of which you had to pay money for, and one of which you could watch for free if you had an IMDb account, with ads that always happened at very, uh, uh, like, whiplash-inducing moments. Fascinating. (laughs) Where Puss in Boots would be like, yes, you know, I uh, have all the mice, I can, Nissan Ultima! (laughs) Just, like, (laughs) smash cut. Um... And yeah, they were different titles, but I watched the right movie. There you go. And I'm Britain, which I said. Mm-hmm. Movies. Yep. Yeah. I'm movies. I'm we you know what, really we are movies. Yeah. All movies are us and we are all of them. And cuckoo could All of the movies live in us now. <laughs> it's true. And I'm every movie. Uh, um I am Ray. Um, Ray <laughs> movie. Ray. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm ray cinema <laughs> please uh, i think you just caused marty to have a heart attack <laughs> alex can you can you tell us the things for x-men days of future strike <laughs> in a way uh i was gonna say shrek genesis shrek genesis <laughs> from 2010 directed by mike mitchell it has a 58% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 54% audience score. And both of those are higher than the third film, but obviously not nearly uh, as high as the first and second films. I wonder how many reviews of this involve the phrase limping to an end or limps to its final chapter. I don't know I that it would notice, be fair, but I wonder I how many I did notice a lot of them were like, yeah, Shrek 3 was bad. <laughs> like in terms of like oh shrek 3 was bad and this one wasn't able to redeem the franchise mm. or just like oh yeah this is so much better than shrek 3 yeah, and, but like most of them well not most of them a good many of them seem to be like shrek 3 that was the bad one though, right <laughs> <laughs> don't worry we still got your vitriol <laughs> but yes uh we are talking about the last shrek film i repeat the last mm-hmm. Shrek film. Shrek Forever After. Yeah. Quantum of Shrekless. Mm-hmm. No time to Shrek. Shrekter. <laughs> Shrekter. Um, very good. <laughs> Shrekfall. <laughs> that's the one that's the one where Shrek gets his back broken and thinks he can't. <laughs> Maybe I should give it all up, Donkey. The Dark Shrek rises. Anyways, Kashreko Royale. Um, <laughs> Shrek another day. We could for your for your Shrek only for your Shrek only. All right, we'll end there. We, we had to find we had to find the right one to stop that bit. Um, I think I can go first with the best and worst thing. I think I, I, I guess I, I think it seems like we all enjoyed this more than Shrek three at least. Um, I have a feeling I might be the one who enjoyed it the most. Maybe not. Uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see how y'all feel. But I, I kind of adored this. I thought it was sure. a good time. Um, uh, I'll go ahead and start with my worst thing, which is that the humor for this movie settles into a place of very generic kids' humor. It's not necessarily bad. It's not like eye-roll-inducing um, or like, oh, this is just unbearable. Um, and they don't run jokes into the ground like they don't, Shrek yeah, 3. It's not, it's not Shrek 3 where a lot of the humor just was, like fell flat and was very inconsistent, or the first two where it was a little more edgy and a little more biting, or even sometimes even adult. 
this one is just, it's very plain. All right, we've settled into the tone of this movie is there's going to be silly stuff that happens. That's that's going to be, in terms of the humor, that's what's going to happen. And most of the time I was just like, okay, yeah, you, you got some jokes in there that I'm sure the kids enjoy that. And I remember seeing this movie as a, I guess you would call me a kid. I don't know how old I would have been when this came out. Um, it feels like many lifetimes ago. But Tyler, we're all we're all children at heart. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I remember really enjoying this when it came out and thinking some of the jokes were hilarious. And then I rewatching it, I was like, I get why I thought that was hilarious as a middle schooler or whatever. Um, maybe elementary school. I don't know. Um, no, not elementary school. What year did this come out again, Alex? Good question. 2010. So okay. it would have been either middle school or high school. Yeah. Other way around. Strike that. Reverse it. Um anyway yeah it's fine it's not my my worst thing about this is something that is fine um my best thing about the movie is uh, how compelling the characters and story are for a movie that again has that kind of humor and comes after shrek 3 um it might be the most invested i've been in the plot of any of these movies Mm. um because basically the premise is that Shrek in a, in a move that I deeply sympathize with uh, is like, <laughs> I am overwhelmed by a lot of things going on. Uh, I'm a parent. It's stressful there, you know, I, I feel like I'm in a rut. Uh, there are a lot of people who want things from me and I don't feel like I get to be myself anymore. I want a day to myself. And so he makes a deal with Rumpelstiltskin says, all right, Sounds good. You give me one day where I just get to be my old ogre, sh- ogre Shrek self. Uh, go terrorize some, some people. It'll be great. Um, and then Rebel Silskin steals the uh, day of his birth in return. And Shrek does not see this coming. And it leads to an alternate timeline. We establish that Shrek is only existent in this timeline for the day that he got from Rebel Stiltskin. And after that, he's going to disappear forever because he doesn't exist in this timeline. That's all established so well. It's 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 a complicated little setup. Yeah. But it's so clear. It's so obvious what the stakes are. It establishes everything so well in terms of what, you know, the driving force in the movie is that Shrek needs to get a true love's kiss from Fiona, which is fun because we go back to uh, kind of the, the basis of the first and second movie. And the, I guess you call it a MacGuffin. It's a, it's an action and not a thing, but still, um, yeah, all of that is, is made so clear so quickly. Uh, and maybe it maybe part of it is just how messy Shrek three is, but coming off of that and then watching this was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is like superbly well plotted. It makes sense. I understand what, where we're going with the story, uh, and I really enjoy that. And I think it's fun. Um, it really is sort of a days of future past uh, thing. It's not as far as I can think of. It's not one to one with any other stories in terms of an alternate timeline, because it's almost a uh, it's a wonderful life scenario. But uh, Shrek gets to interact with and change the fate of things. And also he is. uh manipulated into something and he's not being shown why he's actually a force for good in the world so that's not really it i don't know exactly what you'd say the one-to-one influence on on this is but um i think it's creative i love that twist with rumpelstiltskin making that deal and he steals the davis birth i think that's great um and i think again i talked about with shrek 2 the um plot of that is shrek has to deal with the in-laws basically and how that's a very adult theme and that kids can understand within the context of the movie but are not really going to feel the way that adults watching the movie would feel uh this movie's the same way Uh, it's about uh realizing that you're reaching a point in life that you are kind of settling into how things are going to be forever and forever after uh and you're having to accept that that is the way things are now. And there are some things that are missing from your old life and, you know, you're adjusting to that and that's okay. And it's so, there's so much heart in the way this movie handles Shrek as a character. Uh, I would compare it to the way that Woody is handled in mm. 
um especially like toy story one and two um where we're really talking about this character who's having to adjust to things changing and is not used to that um and again movies that approach these very silly fun characters with some very adult relationships and ideas um yeah, I don't know. I I think the movie has such a a clear a crystal clear setup for both for Shrek as a character and Shrek as a action acting force in the plot. Um and I think it follows that really wonderfully. We'll talk about the ending. Uh I really enjoyed it. I just was totally engrossed the entire time as as just a movie, not as oh this is a funny funny Shrek kids film. Um I think it's really strong and I liked it. <laughs> Alex, would you like to go? Sure. Uh, I also thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it, and I was very shocked at that. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah, He he called me at like 10 p.m., and he was like, what's what's happening? What's going on? I keep, the corners of my mouth are turning upwards. (laughs) Am I a joker now? Why do but I this like this movie? Did, did did they let Christopher Nolan direct a Shrek movie? Britain, Britain, but Britain, I'm scared. this isn't Britain, the I'm first scared. time I've done this. I do that for literally every movie I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really did. Britain, I don't. I'm watching Vanilla Shrek, and he's just running all over the place. I tried to Google it. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it was 9 p.m. Alex, continue. Britain, I'm watching Tenet for the third time to try and see if I like it now and Shrek showed up and now I'm in love I can't, my foot won't stop tapping Britain, I feel a stirring Um, I, I don't mean to just turn this whole thing into a referendum on Shrek 3 but I think this improves it, it, it takes care mm. of, of that movie's mistakes in basically every way um my best thing is going to be that in terms of a plot, this basically operates as Shrek 3. You you can't yeah. ignore Shrek the Third. They don't address Arthur. They barely address the fact that Fiona's father passes away. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're just watching the movie, you don't even get that realization until the very end because there's like a portrait of him. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they are able to use flashbacks with uh with Fiona's parents, like it helps to completely kind of sidestep that. Yeah. Uh and Aside from that, they just have like a clip show during the credits, which was was kind of neat. Um, it, it's nice when they when they do that, uh, and they have some clips from Shrek Three in that. But I, mm. it's very easy to just be like, "No, this is the third one," yeah. and I kind of appreciated that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. In terms of a worse thing, um, I do think that the movie does quite a bit of um kind of world building in terms of this alternate universe that Shrek finds himself in and I really I really thought that was interesting I it it comes up with several ways for them to uh kind of bait your nostalgia without like fully exploiting it um like the scene where he goes to uh the tower to try and find out what's happened to Fiona in this alternate reality and he doesn't find her um there's several moments like that sprinkled throughout, and I, I do kind of wish that they went further with that. Um, particularly with the villains, I would like to know what happened to Farquaad in this universe. Mm-hmm. Maybe Rumpelstiltskin just killed him? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, what happened to the fairy godmother? What happened to Prince Charming? Um, I, I think it would have been... Ni- ni- uh, I can't talk. Nice or neat? Make up your mind. I think it would have been one of those things, mm-hmm. or both, to uh figure out uh what had happened to the villains um and i guess that could also kind of be a criticism against rumpelstiltskin because i don't think he's the best antagonist i think he's perfectly fine uh for the film um i think but i i do appreciate that the movie is far more about shrek and shrek's kind of growth as a character um and it doesn't really doesn't get distracted all that much from that goal and i really appreciated that yeah just uh, a very focused film, which I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tyler, I, I basically agree with everything you said. <laughs> uh, so I also I also liked it. I was the most ambivalent on it, which I've just sort of realized I'm fairly ambivalent about these movies anyway, which is not from any sure. place of disdain, but just like, yeah, okay, cool. I get it. Um, 
my best thing is Walt Dorn as Rumpelstiltskin. I think he's really, really good. I think he's he's really fun, and he the voice is great. But I also I like that he's not a famous person. I like that he's not mm. sure because this would happen with the Pixar movies where like Joe Ranft would play um, like Heimlich in A Bug's Life or something. But I like when they. I don't know. I, I I I like that it's not just we got Martin Short to come in and do a crazy voice. Yes. Not, I'm yeah. sure Martin Short would have been good, but it's like it's nice when you can see animators remember like, hey, there are good voice performers that aren't already movie stars. Like, and we're just gonna get who's right for the part, and it totally worked here. He also had a terrifying goose pet whose size kept changing, yes. and that goose pet and, was awesome, and was not even slightly addressed in terms of why yeah. it was there, where he got it. Nope. Uh, was it Fifi? Was that I its name? I think they says his name, um, once, the name once. Almost as distracting as Bubastis in the Watchmen movie. <laughs> sure. Almost. Yeah, uh, I thought it was great. <laughs> it's just the goose is part of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, have, I assume there is some sort of Rumpelstiltskin thing with a goose. I assume maybe a golden goose. I yeah. don't know. Golden goose egg. But yeah, they were just like, no. Yeah, no, this one is, has Goose red is eyes and teeth. <laughs> like, yes. And it will be a different size in every scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as far as the worst thing, I really didn't have like a prevailing thing that really bothered me. Um, I, I both agree and disagree, Alex, about the return to previous movies. Because I went into this wondering if it was going to be like an endgame situation where it's like, we literally just did the first movie again, but different. Where it was like, or he revisits the previous events of the movie to see what, um, which I'm, so I'm glad that didn't happen. And on the one hand, I do agree. I would have liked to see even just one off like comedy scenes or even just jokes about what happened to those major characters. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. We get little glimpses of like the gingerbread man and, and stuff like that. But uh, otherwise, like those were major forces in this we don't know what happened to fiona's parents like in this universe mm-hmm. well i know they got they got arrested oh, yeah. and killed or something that's right they, no they they disappeared when they made oh the, that's right that's right uh i forget exactly what there there is some backwards deal that rumpelstiltskin does with him yeah that that's right that's them right to disappear. so that would have been good but i also really liked that the movie didn't it didn't approach fixing shrek 3 by just reminding you of shrek 1 and 2 that sure. it, I think it, bal- it it does enough nostalgia baiting, and a lot of that stuff is at the back, like a lot of the straight up like, hey, here's stuff from the first the, the movies that you liked, is in the credits, and they do. I'm a believer, and I'm glad that it was. I'm a mm-hmm. believer that they, as much as I wanted them to do All Star again, I am. I do think it works <laughs> Not better. Quite yeah, the it, same. Wor- it works better for them to do. I'm a believer. Um, I don't like how it was just a Weezer cover. Sure, I sure just just use the the Smash Mouth version. Yeah, yeah, but. I think that the movie balanced that better than I was expecting them to. And I, so I don't really know what I, I was going to say my worst thing is that they had Antonio Banderas say redonkulous. Like that was, sure. that didn't feel good, but <laughs> um, I, I had a tough, and this might be a good springboard. I had a tough time, like deciding how I felt about the, the ogre community. The fact that this is a movie where Shrek discovers a bunch of other ogres and I understand, like, that's all there as part of Fiona's alternate uh, life, which is cool, except it feels like the movie doesn't do enough with that in terms of what it feels like for Shrek to encounter other ogres. Um, I know they do this in, like, Kung Fu Panda 3, which I haven't seen yet, and How to Train Your Dragon 3, I think. There's always been other dragons, but, like... The idea that Shrek would finally find other people like him feels like a, like an emotional thing. But then I also wonder if that would defeat the purpose because, it, of course, he'll be embraced by people who are like him. So it's more powerful for him to feel embraced by people who aren't like him. But I don't know. I just we felt, also... Yeah. I, so I, I, I'm kind of spinning in circles because I don't know how I felt about it. I don't know if I wish they had done more or if I feel like they did it the right amount or, or what. It just felt like... There, oh, there's an ogre community in this, and they're revolutionaries. That's it. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I also don't know. Uh, we, we never get the the lore on Shrek to a large extent. We don't know if he came from ogre communities. I think 
they talk about his parents a bit at some point. Yeah, but he says his dad tried to eat him. Yeah, we we never really get a sense of oh, did he start in a ogre village and uh, go go wandering off from there? So it, it, you could just say he he's already in his past. He has known other ogres. I don't know. Yeah, I do wonder if that's in the attempt of this movie to stay as focused as possible. And like the other movies, this is 90 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. If it just kind of glosses over a lot of that, um, because I, I noticed also with Rumpelstiltskin, um, his army of witches and they all just seem to be, oh, remember Wizard of Oz? Sure. <laughs> um, we don't really get any sort of backstory for them or why they're working for him or i don't know if that's in the rumpelstiltskin story i would imagine not um but it just seemed weird that there was kind of a just an army of witches that you know they're they're all like the same exact design um very good voice work by by several uh several actresses but um yeah i i do wonder in a couple different spots if there's ways that they could have expanded on this feels weird saying that this movie could have potentially been longer sure. and I would have been okay with that. But I did, I, did I do like, agree. Yeah. I, I feel, I understand what you mean about the witches. I did like the way the witches were. I liked the witches visually. I thought they were the right amount of spooky and I liked their, like their, their skull chain things they threw to catch people. Like that's pretty spooky. Like there were bear traps, but they were skulls. Um, yeah. And I remember when the, the scene where they go in and there's like that big rave in at Rumble's Palace and they're playing like this like pounding bass music and there's all these witches dancing and I was like I'm kind of uncomfortable right now because this is the sort of environment that I would be uncomfortable in anyway and you made it spooky <laughs> on top of it. I was uh I was impressed. But yeah, no, there it's kind of kind of spooky and I um I remember there was a point where the he Shrek is in this like desiccated forest or something. It's all like dirt and these like half halves of trees that are just. It's in the it's where the swamp. Right, 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 right. And I just remember that being a striking image to me. Just that landscape and the witches and everything was was effective. Um, but yeah, I guess it's with the ogres. It, it felt like this is it feels like a big thing to bring in, and then they don't do that much with it in the way that I would have expected them to. But at the same time, if they had, it would be a different movie. Because the movie would have to be about yeah. Shrek finding, you know, this this other place where all the ogres More live. Shreks. Yeah. Right. The, sh- the, uh, the other ogres don't show up during, like, the final musical number they at the end, right? Do, they do, they're, they're playing music, yeah. Which is so, uh, confusing, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I are. guess in in the kind of main timeline, I guess some of them formed a band and they were like, "All right, yeah. we're hiring them. They're they're good <laughs> buddies of ours." Yeah. Also, John Hamm voices one of them. Yes, mm-hmm. he does. Yeah. I did want to say good. real quick um for the uh the main uh witch voices, so Lake Bell, mm-hmm. Kathy Griffin, and uh Kristen Shaw. Yeah. Mhm. So I immediately heard those specifically Lake Bell um mm. Because she's Poison Ivy on Harley Quinn. I was like, that? Gotcha. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> she's so We've got good. a movie here. <laughs> she's so good on uh, on Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Britton, you mentioned the scary chain things. The action in this movie is very good. It is. It is. Uh, the witches have... They have just straight up Green Goblin pumpkin bombs. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Um they use some other things. I think they have like some poison that they throw or smoke bombs or something like that. Yeah. Um, oh, they have a poison apple that they pull the stem off of. Yeah. Like a grenade, which is quite fun. <laughs> that was good. Um, there's just a ton of really creative things. Like, the scenes are very dynamic when they happen and they're fun and keep you invested. Um, the, the big end ending has a ton of, crazy stuff going on shrek's flying around on a broom uh, I, I guess that's not in the ending but part way through shrek is flying around on a broom and getting all the witches distracted and uh throwing them through the rumple's palace and stuff and uh that's all very fun um 
there's a there's a fun scene where he and fiona are punching each other and falling in love again yeah <laughs> um to as like sparring practice uh the i think one that stood out to me was the contraption that kicks donkey into a hole to be trapped and dragged back to uh oh yeah the the the, the rest of the ogres um it's this like rube goldberg mach- goldberg machine that flies all over the place and spins ropes and things fall down and then eventually like at one point the hole opens up and donkey's like what's that and then it goes on for another 10 seconds and then he gets kicked in it's fun there there's a ton of fun creativity in in those scenes that really gives them some energy is it the pied piper who's like the assassin yeah. the quote unquote okay, the assassin but he just plays a flute that makes everyone dance uh-huh. no but he was really they did a good job making that kind of spooky and like uh-huh. the flute music was haunting apparently mm-hmm. i believe i read that that flute music is performed by, of course, a professional flautist who is the son of William Stieg, who wrote the Shrek book. No way. Yeah, there which, you is pretty, go. which is pretty, which is pretty cute, pretty cute, and pretty cool. But yeah, oh. I actually like the the way they used the Pied Piper in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice that they kept finding like, oh, we haven't done this fairy tale character or this fairy tale thing. Well, like when they go to the carriage park, that's a trailer park, but it's all witch carriages. Like that was that mm-hmm. was pretty funny. I thought that was there were some good like visual gags there. Um, yeah, that seemed to be one of the few elements of uh, the more satirical or yeah. contemporary humor that would have been found in the first two movies. I do agree, Tyler. It's been kind of sucked out. Like, as we've continued through these movies, it's kind of been just slowly whittled down into just more just basic family animated comedy humor. Um, but at least it's not a ton of just like stupid gross out like fart jokes. Um and at the same time, the jokes aren't too drawn out like in the third one. Yeah. So we did talk about in the third one. There are some very good jokes. There yeah. are some very good gags. They just keep going on forever yeah. and they keep repeating themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- this one just it generally just feels fresh. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't. This should be like the last <laughs> yeah. gasp. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did want to talk about both the beginning of the movie and the ending because um, just kind of having the bookend of him at the, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even remember what, what it's called, but it's basically like a Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> where they're, they're yeah. having the, the it, it, one of his kids is having their birthday and he's, he's basically just like running around trying to take care of all this stuff. And he, there's like a little kid who's uh, trying to force Shrek to, to roar because uh, he's a fan. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Down there um, yeah. A hundred times. And, and, and he's trying to get the cake for for his kid and and all the the stuff's going on and i i thought all of that was just like really well handled mm-hmm. and just like the moment like i feel like it would have been really easy like the second he like roars at everyone that they everyone would be like screaming and they'd start running away and fiona would be like how could you do that um mm-hmm. and that would be kind of what sets them off but just they add in the extra touch of everyone starts cheering yeah and that makes it even worse and that's what causes him to smash the cake the hero cake if you will sure. um <laughs> I, I i don't know it, it it just it just feels like they, they went the the little extra step to think it through and be like all right what's going to be a con- compelling character arc for shrek how do we believably get him into uh that carriage with rumpelstiltskin where he agrees to make the deal mm-hmm. with him like i i think all of that is just the- it 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 shouldn't work. This I I don't think this should work as a yeah. film, and somehow it does, and it's very delightful. There, there's a great touch there where, um, at one point he's trying to enjoy a martini with an eye in it uh, <laughs> when he's in the swamp, and uh, I think maybe in, in the first day that they show of his life as a parent, uh, he gets to sit back and enjoy one, but then they they show him continually not being able to drink it, and like he can't get into the uh swamp bath mud bath because jacuzzi because uh the kids need him for something yeah um and that it shows that wearing him down and then uh rebel Soulskin offers him one uh when they get in the carriage and that's a good little tiny tiny touch to be like oh you know rumple is is figuring out how to woo him and get him comfortable and in a position to uh sign a bad deal without realizing it um and then uh well what did you want to say about the ending alex unless you had more thoughts on that burn 
Oh, uh, just that I think the movie does a very good job of like, I was getting really angry at that kid and like I was getting Mm -hmm. frustrated um, as though I were the Shrek. And (laughs) I, that kid is like, if anyone hasn't seen the movie, picture an evil Bobby Hill. That's essentially who this kid was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was funny, but he was an evil Bobby Mm -hmm. Hill. The dad was also just a noodle. Come on. Sure. (laughs) You promised (laughs) my son a roar. No, he didn't. But. But the best part is that guy is totally believable. Like no, I've yeah, met yeah, people sure. like that in Absolutely real life. Absolutely, I have. <laughs> uh, so like that moment where Shrek freaks out, I'm like, I've been yeah. there. Yeah. I have been there. <laughs> um, not specifically going after and smashing a cake, but sure. But you have had uh, children demand you roar. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it happens every Thursday. <laughs> He does a, a just one-to-one exact recreation of the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. He can't do it on the podcast because it will break your ears. Yeah. Um, the mic doesn't catch it right. I've had yeah. so many mics that I've had to replace yes, because correct. of it. Yeah, Alex has tried been, it before. Alex has been working with our voice coach, Brian. He goes down to like kids' birthday parties and just roars at him. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll be like, oh, come on, do the Jurassic Park roar. I'll do it. I'll do the Shrek roar and he'll do it. Or do the the bear from Annihilation <laughs> roar. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really great. You can you can just uh you can find him on uh on Angie's list probably. Is that what that does? I don't know what that is. I don't know. I've heard of it. I could not tell you about yeah. it. Yeah, man, I hope that's not a sex thing. You can probably find him there too. Um no, no, no. Just doing it. It makes the joke funnier that way. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, just look for Roaring Twenties, uh, and you'll find Alex's business. That's very good. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> Thank you. Um But the ending yeah. uh I found very, very sweet and touching, mm-hmm. and I was not expecting that. And just kind of the back and forth that, that Fiona and Shrek keep having at, at the end. Both her alternate reality self and then the herself in the main timeline um you know I, I really like when shrek has that realization as he's you know seemingly dying but uh, he ends up not um where he's like you know I'm, I'm so happy that i had this chance to fall in love with you again and i'm like why am i tearing up at shrek I for her yeah <laughs> uh, um and the part where so after he he fixes everything he goes and gives um what's what's his daughter's name uh oh felicia 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 yes he goes and gives her her doll back and he's like i believe this is yours and that's very sweet because like he had it all the time yeah uh yeah yeah and then uh you know fiona's like well you saved me from the tower i owe you everything and and he's like no no no, you're the one who saved me and i'm like why am i crying yeah. again it's shrek it's a, four it's a very healthy <laughs> view of masculinity mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this, this film sure. presents um and that really comes through in the way, so Shrek, uh, he is obsessed. He's like, oh, I, we just got to kiss each other. You know, I just got to, once we kiss, it'll be great. Everything will fix itself. And and then they finally, it finally does happen. And Fiona doesn't love him in this timeline. So nothing actually happens. Um, and the way it, it takes that and has him, because um, clearly they do show some chemistry through their interactions. Uh but the way he's like, ultimately what he does is let the uh, revolution win and free free all the ogres. Uh, and he doesn't do it because he's trying to fix everything and get his life back. Like, he's accepted that he screwed it up and he threw it all away and he just wants Fiona to be happy. And that's ultimately what saves everything and makes it work again. And they call back to the first movie because when they kiss, Fiona remains an ogre at sunrise it's is good yeah there's they make connections they thought about it they thought about the character and like having him where can they take him after he's already gone through a lot of change and and progressed a lot as a person uh in the first two movies Uh, they they find a way to get a little bit more out of it and be like all right how can he become even more selfless and uh how can that ultimately uh result in him in him being happier in the same life he already had it's 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 good it's strong. Like Shrek. Um, <laughs> I, I did have one, uh, I guess, logistical question. Um, 
because I was asking myself at the very end when Shrek seemingly sacrifices himself, is Fiona in this timeline, is she permanently an ogre or what's the deal with that? And then, of course, Puss in Boots goes, oh, no, y- y- Sunrise, you're you're not turning back into a human. They don't firmly, like, I, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they firmly, like, relay that to the audience at the beginning when Trek finds her in terms of, like, no, when it's Sunrise, she will turn back into a human. Like, we have not, that that part of, of the spell is still active. What, what time of day does he meet her in that timeline? Is it after I, the, sun, I mean, the, the, the whole, the movie, like, that whole section and, like, the rest of the movie is all at night because okay. i think the movie and really only takes place over the course of like a day or yeah, two. yeah i feel like it's, donkey a, it's died. a day because that's yeah. that's how the deal works it has to be a day yeah. but i feel like donkey um, gets trapped and goes underground and they find the ogre and like that happens during the day so then he would see it, fiona during the day it does but then when they actually when she actually comes back like he goes into the ogre camp and they're all arguing and over uh-huh. donkey yeah. and stuff when she actually comes back they're all like hey fiona's back which i didn't even make the connection but that's yeah. totally probably because she was trying to hide the fact that she turns into a human i think she comes back with like some information or something she snuck in somehow so like and she's walking up and it's evening um okay so i guess that does work i didn't even think of that but it checks out yeah but they they one of the the tells where she realizes something is up with shrek is when he finally reveals like i know your secret Mm -hmm. but it's not specifically like I know you will, in fact, turn back into a human. It's more like, I know you've had a spell on you in the past. Sure. So, I don't know. I feel like Shrek could al- almost, like, when he sees her, he he almost should have the the uh, thought of, like, did John Ham Shrek kiss her? And are they in love? <laughs> or something? <laughs> um, Alex has now said the phrase, John Ham Shrek. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. does everyone just... just- Keep an eye out out there. All right, look, we've already called Mackenzie Davis being in a Terminator movie. I mean, John Hamm leading a Shrek reboot. I mean, sure. <laughs> a live action. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, pipe the, down out there. The live action Zack Snyder Shrek reboot. Yeah. That we've been discussing. Hey, um, it's me. I'm Shrek. Pipe down. <laughs> and it's just, it's not using makeup or CGI. It's just John Hamm is green. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Alphabet um, and Wicked. Yes. Uh, I want to talk about them chaining up the dragon because that's also a great callback without being a direct reference to the first one. Um, it, again, the action is great. It's yeah. The setup is that Shrek and Fiona are both stuck on opposite sides of a room and can't touch each other because the chains are keeping them. And he ends up like pulling fiona up to the ceiling with donkey i think or maybe puss in boots and uh the dragon comes roaring in and they swing around the dragon and do all this crazy acrobatics and stuff uh and are able to chain the dragon up which is great like it's a callback to the first one and it looks cool and it's fun and i like it (laughs) darn it (laughs) yeah how do we feel about um I feel like Donkey more and more each movie is just a sidekick and less of a character. Um, which, I mean, his arc, I guess, is not as necessary. But I And I really felt yeah. this way in the third movie, that he and Puss in Boots were literally just there to do jokes. Yes. Yeah. And that's essentially all they are here. I mean, they, they involve, they're a little more involved, and it, it ultimately works. Um, and I continue to enjoy those performances. Is Also, is Donkey shaggier in this? I feel like his hair was longer. Yes, I think... I think he's like supposed to be more. Yeah. At least raggedy. in the alternate universe. It's right. Supposed right. To be, like life has not been very kind to him. It's old man donkey. Old man donkey. <laughs> Although old, I do like that donkey? they establish. They establish once Shrek is captured and he's in in that cage that's being uh, taken by the witches and, and donkeys. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, uh, dragging the thing along. Um, I do like that they they firmly establish no donkey is getting paid for this service. Right. <laughs> like I need this job. Yeah. 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 Um, and and puts in boots. Like I remember seeing that shot of him sliding down the cat crawler tower thing so many times. I saw that 
all the time when this movie was being promoted. Um, I hung out a lot in Toys R Us's at the time. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Did Toys R Us's even have TV? You know, I don't, think, I don't know. I don't, That's a good point. I, think, I mean, I think they maybe sold TV. I don't know if they did. They had I don't think, in that I think little they, corner where you could also buy video games. I, I don't know that they were willing to invest that much into them. You were like, Tomba for six ninety nine. dollars um, <laughs> But yeah, I would just go down there. I try to buy a GameCube for only $400? Yeah. In 2002? Tyler didn't check to see if there were two TVs at, at Toys R Us. He was too busy staring at Tonka trucks. Sure. Or uh, something. He called them Taika trucks after his Future favorite director, Taika Waititi. <laughs> These trucks look a lot like Wes Anderson, but less so as they go on. He also somehow <laughs> found a David Lynch painting. It made no sense to anyone. <laughs> I thought you were going to say David Lynch action figure. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. With this Me thing. neither. I, um, yeah, the Taika joke didn't work like I hoped it would. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Taika, though, um, Alex, how did you... Did you have uh, PTSD flashbacks to uh, Endgame when you saw another movie that took a beloved character in a dark timeline? And <laughs> no, I didn't, because this movie's a comedy. I have all sure. M- and all Endgame is a serious say. movie for serious boys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've already established Into the Spider Verse handles that the best, right? Sure. Right. Sure. Joseph has learned not to listen to our podcast while driving, so we don't need to teach him what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to remind him that that glass you're holding, buddy, if you squeeze it too hard, it will break and hurt your big hand. <laughs> so be careful. I know it's a repurposed Welch's grape juice, grape jelly jar, but that it's still glass. <laughs> That's all I ask, my friend. I don't want you to hurt your hand. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Um... I thought the, the way Puss in Boots was handled was kind of fine. Yeah, I think it's still funny. You know, it works out. The, I, I that that character thrives so much on the voice performance. Like, yeah, mm. I think it's it's one of those things where it, it it's almost like he's he hasn't gotten anything to do really in the previous films. So when it shows up and it's like, oh, sure. there's like a this severe change in the status quo for him. I don't know. It didn't really it didn't really impact me in any yeah. significant way. Um Whereas with Donkey, that actually did feel like, oh, he actually looks like he's not yeah. in a great place right now. And mm-hmm. then, of course, he gets to the end and it's like, oh, you're supposed to fall in love with Dragon. Right. And then Dragon just eats him. <laughs> it also feels weird that these movies are more and more making Donkey and Puss in Boots a comedic pair when the first movie yeah. worked so hard to get them to be Shrek and Donkey to be friends. Yeah. 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 Weird. I like the implication that uh, all of the previous uh, villains have just been eaten by the dragon. <laughs> yeah. Um, I realize it's not actually implied in the movie, but basically Fiona. <laughs> F- yeah, Fiona gets out of the castle on her own. She doesn't. We establish that she never gave her favor to anybody. Nobody ever rescued her. So I'm like. Well, we know from Shrek 2 that Prince Charming eventually got to the castle on behalf of Farquaad. So that may, that seems to me like Prince Charming just got eaten. Yeah. Maybe then Farquaad tried to go. He also got eaten. I don't know why the fairy godmother would get eaten. Well, but... I mean, if Rumple somehow tamed Dragon or, and, and, or captured That's her, true. he would have brought her back and she could have eaten him then. Yeah. He's like, hey, the dragon's doing some good eating. should hire her. Um, isn't there a gag where uh, Pinocchio is trying to turn in Geppetto in this? Yes. Yeah, which is a very fun reversal yeah, of yeah, the yeah. first movie. <laughs> no, I thought about that. I, I liked the um the bit where Gingy is just a little like cookie gladiator <laughs> fighting a bunch of llama <laughs> animal crackers. I was like, that's, that's kind of funny. Um, and they didn't use the pigs as much, which is great because they're <laughs> annoying. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that made me feel good. And I like that this has a lot of needle drops, but there's not a lot of like obvious, like the music I feel has gotten less and less obvious to me. Mm-hmm. This uses top of the world. And obviously it uses, um, um, unbeliever, unbeliever. Yeah. The third one, I feel like used a lot of music that I didn't know. Yeah. Um, 
but I guess it's you know cooler than that. This is this is these are Shrek movies that hang out in like record stores. Mm-hmm. These are real uh, high fidelity Shrek movies. Yeah. Right. Empire Records. Empire Shrek Records. <laughs> Got it. Got there. Pretty good. Pretty good. Just a bunch of '90s Shreks that Britain doesn't want to spend time with. Oh boy. Now, um, you talked about Donkey being more raggedy. I I really like the character designs in this as well. I complained about them with the last movie how it seemed like they were like, well, we have more money and CGI has improved. I guess we'll make them more realistic. And right. this one, I think, strikes a much better balance of having a style and an idea of what the characters should look like and, and creating those characters <laughs> in a well-rendered, uh, high-quality way that mm-hmm. doesn't actually show you more detail about them so much as just make them look crisper. Yeah. Um, and I think that worked really well. And, and that ties in, again, the direction overall, I think, is fantastic. The uh, visual effects and the action... Everything looks very good. Well, it's I am a fan. Yeah. It's kind of like how, like, I after I played Super Mario Odyssey, I was like, I really like that they're not, that as the series has gone on, they're not making Mario look realistic. <laughs> he is still a cart, like, his, his mustache doesn't seem to have individual hairs. He just looks better. Sure. This is higher quality, but he's still a cartoon. Because yeah. I know, uh, Tyler, this is, of course, directed by Mike Mitchell, who made Sky High, which I know is uh, a film you quite enjoy. Um, do you feel that, which came first? Sky High. Must have yes. been, right? Okay. Sky High came out five years before this. Okay, okay. Because um, it sounds then that Mike, uh, Mike didn't let you down. Did I blip out? No. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> okay. You're just, just smiling, thinking about Sky High? I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if I get the reference. Well, I, was just, I mean, I'm not referencing anything. I'm just saying, like, because you liked his previous movie, it sounds like you also think he did a good job oh, making this okay. one. okay. The way you said that felt very much like a build-up to a oh, joke. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That <laughs> was going to then pay off with some sort of reference to Sky High. Oh, okay. And I don't think I've ever seen it, it all not. the way through. Well, we'll review it next week. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Throw our plans out the window. <laughs> yeah, whichever uh, Panda Baker was in that movie was also in a movie called Michael Let You Down. <laughs> <laughs> That would be that would be the thing though. That that's what I was prepared for. My brain over over defensivized for the Britain joke. Yeah, it did yeah. not let me down. That is correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm being Britain Sky High is a wonderful film, and they should have made a franchise out of it. I remember having. I think the pieces of it I've seen, I've enjoyed. I'm sure I'd like it. You got Kurt Russell, you know, mm-hmm. probably some other ones. Tony Shalhoub or somebody mm-hmm. probably. I mean, uh. Sherman Hemsley, that's what I'm thinking of. Not Tony Shalhoub at all. Isn't Mary Elizabeth Winstead? In that? That's who that is, right? Oh, is she? Yes. Yeah. Huh. From Cloverfield? Yeah. Wow. And she looks exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be a yeah. fun one to do on the on the pod. Mm-hmm. That'll, was that a movie, like a theat- theatrical it, release? Yes. Oh, was I it really? It was, I, I thought, thought it was, was a decom. Sky High? No, that was theatrical. Well, snap. Well, I mean, that's like the only movie that we could really tie into the Shrek films. That's true. That's true, actually. Shrek films, so like... I mean, it's practically a spinoff. It's basically a spinoff. Like, we could... I think we could work that in. Where would it... We'll think about it. Where would it fit in... Did it come come out after Shrek 2? Yes. Maybe Sky High is Shrek 3. Maybe so. Seriously, it's it's the Kingdom Hearts chain of memories between those films. (laughs) <laughs> i do like the idea of pulling together all of these random one-off uh superhero movies that either got franchises that we're just gonna ignore like the crow um mm-hmm. or or didn't get franchises like sky high i think that would be fun or the mostly losers. just because putting the crow and sky high together in one sentence is amusing to me sure as it should be <laughs> I'd probably give them the same grade, but for very different reasons. Okay. Um, They're both wonderful. I like the in crow. In their own ways. I like the crow. The art direction is really good in that, as I recall. Do we have anything more to say about Shrek Forever After? Um, I like that they. I like that title. I think Forever After is the right. I agree. Is the right. Title. I yeah. I, I, I was. I like... was making a huge deal about all the alternate names. Yeah, in this you and were. I, 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 
Look, Shrek the Third, along with being the worst of the movies, is the worst. Yeah, time. that doesn't make any sense. I I do think Shrek goes forth is very solid. I could I could have I could have rolled with that. I like Shrek Forever after after watching the film and being like, oh hey, this is a very good capstone, and we can leave Shrek alone now, even though we probably won't. Yeah. Um. But that's that's some solid wordplay. I agree. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot else to say. I, I would say if you do ever feel inclined to watch these movies, I think you can safely ignore the third one. Correct. I think you can just watch these. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe it is for the best that Shrek Forever After is not called Shrek 4, because then just like in your brain, you're like, Shrek, yeah, Shrek 2, true. Shrek Forever After. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not that, that missing number in the titles. True, true. Shrek three ever after. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Shrek like five said, ever. <laughs> you you know it's a little bit unrelated, but you you can go out and and get the closest thing the Shrek franchise has to a spinoff and put Sky High there instead, and you're watching Order. You know. In it's called the Mashreki Order. <laughs> what are y'all rating the film? Tyler, I want I want to hear your grade. What did I give Shrek? I gave that an A minus, right? Yes. <laughs> what if what just just hear me out y'all just you know just uh as a joke as a prank what what if i gave shrek forever after an a <laughs> i think it'd be a good prank uh, I, it's uh, just you know make it get pulling one over the listeners uh yeah is what <laughs> i'm gonna do here um, and give shrek you. forever after an a <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go quite that high. I'm going to give it the same grade that I gave Shrek 2. I'll give it a B plus. Um, yeah, just... Uh, they gave Shrek a compelling character arc, and it's a wonderful, just like, ending chapter. It's... it's it just it It's a movie that works, mm-hmm. is my quote on the poster. <laughs> Uh, what did I give Shrek and Shrek 2? Uh, B and B+. C+. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I think it works. I like it, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know me. (laughs) It it could be a B-, you know, it all kind of blends together after a while. Well, we'll leave it as a C plus for now. And when you watch it five years down the road, you can <laughs> let us know if it's changed. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. So to be less harsh, I do have a recommendation this week. Um, I was. I. I think I finally, well, I don't say I cracked anything. I, I, I haven't been watching a lot of movies lately. It's been harder to get myself to do that. And I, I finally was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch stuff that I think will be fun or like good, bad movies, kind of schlocky stuff. And so I pulled up a movie that I thought I was going to watch as a good, bad, but I ended up genuinely enjoying it. And that is 1991's Point Break, directed by Catherine Bigelow, starring Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, which I had never seen. Um, I really liked it. Um it's a it's a movie that uh, Roger Ebert actually wrote a really good he really liked the movie and he has a very positive review of it that I recommend people check out. It's a movie that the premise is is very funny. It's uh, it's basically Fast and the Furious but with surfing. Like watching this movie, I realized Fast and the Furious is just Point Break except um, with with street cars and with street mm-hmm. racing and. Um, I where where this movie is about an FBI agent Keanu Reeves called Johnny Utah who used to be a big football star from the Rose Bowl who now mm-hmm. has to go undercover as a surfer to catch some bank robbers who dress up like former presidents. Um but the movie takes it just like Catherine Bigelow I the only I think it only the only movies of hers I'd seen were Hurt Locker and Zero Dark 30 um which are not the same movie. Hey, they're not the same movie. Um they're not. Mm. But uh, <laughs> 
I, I was really impressed with this because she managed to take the story sincerely enough that I wasn't just snorting and snickering at it the whole time, but she didn't take it so seriously that I was like rolling my eyes at it. Um, there are some, some, some funny lines. I, people have made a lot out of Keanu's delivery about being an FBI agent. I don't think it's that crazy. I do get why it's funny, but I don't think it's like, it's not Tommy Wiseau. It's not that bad. Um, but I just really liked it. The action is done really well. It's, it's a beautiful looking movie. It's shot really well. You've got, uh, this Patrick Swayze is fantastic. And I like Patrick Swayze more and more every time I see him in something, he's just really growing on me. And I think he's really good in it. Gary Busey's actually quite good in it. John C. McGinley, Laurie Petty. Um, it's a movie that I had always kind of kept in the back pocket. It's like, Oh, maybe when I want to do like a nineties nostalgia thing, I'll watch it. And it is absolutely that much like how fast and furious. The first one is very much a, 2000 or 2001 uh sort of time capsule um but yeah watching on hbo max uh there's a skydiving scene that is fantastic like it's filmed so well it's a really really great sequence and obviously a lot of surfing um yeah i liked it a lot and it made me feel more than i expected it would and i just found it really fun which uh the movies i i watch often i sometimes have to remind myself you know what just have fun just watch something that's fun mm-hmm. and point break was a lot of fun i watched on hbo max and i recommend it point break bra that is on my list so i will get to that eventually good times also Britton, i know you've been pushing for us to do the bill and ted movies can we also do a trilogy of uh keanu reeves movies from the 90s <laughs> so we'll do point break speed and uh midsummer night's Dr- dream. dracula Oh, Dracula. So not Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Does he not have another action movie like that that would fit the bill? We did The Matrix. R- yeah, but he must have done something in the nineties. I feel like there's something else that I'm not thinking of. Yeah, Forty Seven Ronin wasn't in the nineties. Are you looking it up, Tyler? Keanu Reeves. Yes, well, Tyler. Actor. Well, Tyler is looking that up. Alex, can you tell us uh, about your journey? Yeah. So unfortunately, I haven't made as much progress this week in the uh, HBO Max viewing department. Um, but I did. Uh, I got through at least one movie completely. Uh, a half-hearted recommendation, I guess, for The Brothers Grimm. Mm, sure. Um, with Matt Damon and Heath Ledger. Um, it's the uh, Terry Gilliam movie from I think 2005 yeah 2005 um it's got a very very good cast uh Monica Bellucci Lena Headey's in it oh wow um there's a couple of different alum from uh Game of Thrones that show up including um whichever one is Rigetti and or Pintle from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies McKenzie the guy with the wooden eye McKenzie Crook yes I think Stormare is in that too Peter Stormare. Yeah, I believe so. Um, but anyways, uh, this movie is very clearly, and I was I was a little curious about it, so I actually read into it, and because after like the first couple of scenes, I was like, the editing on this is very very weird, and not in a Terry Gilliam weird way, like in a studio mandated get it to two hours like very weird way, and I saw I. I don't know. I think it was the Miramax logo. So I was like, well, I know the Weinsteins beyond other things. I know just like as producers, they've been, they're infamous for cutting down movies and like ruining edits of films. Yeah. Um, and apparently that was the case. Apparently there was a huge like disagreement between them and Terry Gilliam, um, all throughout production. And apparently it wasn't very fun experience. Um, and it kind of showed at least in terms of the editing, um, some scenes feel like they cut very abruptly. There's a flashback showing the two brothers as kids. That is like the way it cuts is very, very odd. Um, so that would kept me from enjoying it. Um, but aside from that, I thought it was actually kind of a fun little con artist type movie. Uh, obviously it's, it's, you know, kind of a fictionalized version of the brothers Grimm and how they came up with all these, uh, kind of crazy uh fairy tale and folklore stories um with the idea being that they uh they fake solving like curses and stuff in local towns for money um and then of course they find the one town where the 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 threat is real and they've got to they've got to try and figure out how to actually uh solve uh, a paranormal paranormal problem 
Um, and there like a sludge like said, baby in that? Yes, there is, and yeah. that was actually very a very creepy uh, design because it like steals a, a child's face. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. I, I did appreciate how like in that very um, Grimm's fairy tale way where it's it's very childlike and it's meant for kids, but there are very like dark messed up moments. Um, I liked how it kind of kept with that. And uh, Heath Ledger and Matt Damon are both really good in it. Um, I think that the, the um, kind of brother dynamic that between the two of them is, is quite good. And even just because I've only seen a very limited amount of Heath Ledger movies. I think it's this Dark Knight and 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, just within those three movies, very, very different performances. And of course, everyone's, you know, said all the, the, the positive things that can be said about Heath Ledger. He's, he yeah. was just a, a spectacular actor. And I think he is the highlight of the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't completely get into it, unfortunately. But uh, Jonathan Price shows up as a French general. So take that as you will. <laughs> um. And Peter Stormare is in this as well. Yeah. I did realize I was looking through the credits because I recognized the screenwriting uh, credit is Aaron Kruger. And I was like, who is that? I know I know that name from somewhere. I think Aaron Kruger did pick up rewrites for Revenge of the Fallen. And I know he wrote Transformers 3 and Transformers 4. <laughs> I'm like, maybe that's part of the problem. <laughs> But um, the brothers Predacon. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a perfectly watchable movie, and you know, if the, if this is kind of your atmosphere in terms of just like these these really goofy kind of uh, takes on uh, uh, fantasy tales and that sort of thing, or if you're just interested in the actors or Terry Gilliam style, I think I think this works fairly well. So long winded, but half hearted recommendation from Alex. <laughs> Well, I'm winning recommendations so far. Tyler, what you got? I have. You I have are. Nothing. You definitely are. I have <laughs> succeeded in winning the recommendations. I do have my my uh, report here on mm. Keanu Reeves' action, 90s action movies. Yes. We have two options. We have Johnny Mnemonic Ooh. Uh, with Dolph Lundgren and a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes versus Chain Reaction, uh, which has Morgan Freeman... Uh, and Rachel Weisz, and uh, an eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh man, Chain Reaction does sound like the most nineties action movie that's it ever been made. Very nineties, it really that's does. Correct. I think Johnny Mnemonic does have something to do with the internet, though, and I love. I would love to hear what the nineties have to say about that. Sure, can we just throw hackers on top of that? <laughs> I think we got to make it a quadrilogy. <laughs> oh, Maybe so. Keanu. My, my first friend, my enemy. Not true. Um, <clears throat> well, good times. Well, guys, uh, we got into the swamp. We got all muddy and grimy. We got down in there with Shrek. Those Shrek memes, keep them coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the inbox Do not is stop. Open. Do not stop. Please. The inbox. How dare uh, you if you mention, stop. Uh, our inbox, our inboxes. Uh, we have here come the sequels at gmail.com is our email address. You can also reach us on Twitter at HTT sequels. Um, we're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, our website is here come sequels.blogspot.com. Um, yeah. Yeah. Send us a Shrek meme. Do a review. Review us through Shrek memes. Fax us some Shrek memes. Yeah, actually. Um, snail mail. Next week we are... Picking up uh, another, we we have signed on for another uh, uh, Mike Myers franchise. Mike Myers franchise, and we have signed on for a another. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Gauntlet, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. So it will be it will be an interesting experience, but one that you'll share with us um, as we weather this storm together. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I've had such a like a sure. lazy day. My brain isn't fully we, on today should we reveal what the franchise is or are we just gonna that's up to y'all it's up. up to y'all i think it would be worth it just to kind of lay out the ground rules because we might not make it all the way in one <laughs> go all right you 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 go sure uh 
So in, in terms of uh, trying to figure out where to put one of these massive horror franchises in in the mix, given uh, we want to try and hit Halloween town, uh, the holiday, um, we're going to start Halloween next week. Uh-huh. The mm-hmm. franchise. Um, and I'm a little concerned. I, I will be fine making it all the way through these movies. But Tyler and uh, Britain have... Uh, I know Tyler's seen at least a couple of them in Britain. Maybe none of them? None. Oh, okay. wow. I didn't realize that. Uh, huge dips in quality. It's all over the place. It's one of those franchises that's constantly kind of reinventing itself and trying to find a path forward. Um, I think it'll be fascinating, but it could uh, it could wear out very quickly. Um, so we're going to try and get through at least the first six. I was going to say, I think we're pretty committed to the first six. That that's what our, uh, podcast contract says is that we have to do at least six <laughs> episodes on Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we'll kind of go from there because from there it gets even weirder, but also I feel like it would get more bearable because there's a different attempt at making the franchise relevant, uh, like every two movies. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It'd be nice to run all the way through Halloween. Um, yeah, but if, and then, uh, and then uh, theoretically, we we might hit uh, Halloween Kills, assuming that still comes out on time. Right, and we might review that. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Yep. It's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a weird next couple of months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I'm excited. I haven't seen any of these movies. Hey, It'll be different. But you know what? Um, I did see that. I think Disney has now put up Halloween decorations in Disney World. So, like, we got the clearance. We're good. <laughs> We're ready to go. Uh, it was close. They just did it today, for, according to Twitter. But um, we're in the clear. They've signed off. The mouse is not going to tell us, hey, it's not, it's not time to celebrate Halloween yet. So we're, we're celebrating Halloween in mid-August. Tyler, it's been a long time since I've made a joke about uh, Disney sending you checks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sure has been. <laughs> uh, I've been Alex. <laughs> I've been Tyler. I've been Britain, and you are having a good night. Send us Shrek memes. And a spooky next few months. Ooh. All right, we're done.